The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. So on today's podcast, we're doing something interesting, and that is we're going over the results of some research that we put together on our putting voice assistance to the test. And we put together the Cognolytica's voice assistant benchmark. So for this podcast, we're going to share with you some of the surprising results in the real world from the voice assistant benchmark. So just real quick before we get into it, before Kathleen and I really start digging into the results and what this benchmark is all about, as a way of refreshing your memory, voice assistants are voice-based conversational interfaces that are paired with an intelligent cloud-based AI-enabled backend. So the reason we say that is that we think of these devices like the Amazon Alexa or Siri or Google Home or Microsoft Cortana or Samsung Bixby. There's lots of them, right? And the device itself is not the thing that's providing this capability. But the device does provide some basic natural language processing. It also does the speaking, so it has natural language generation. But all the intelligence is provided in the back end by the platform providers, by the AI-powered cloud-based systems. So because Cognolytica is focused on the application of AI to the practical needs of business, and because we believe voice assistants are going to be increasingly used and used by those businesses, we thought it would be really important to see what the current capabilities of these voice assistants are. And we need to understand the current state of the voice assistant market. So what we care about is not, you know, how well does the hardware recognize your voice or speak to you, but how intelligent is this backend? Where we care about, like, once it does its processing and the outputs are provided as input to an intelligent backend system, we want to know just how intelligent are these AI backends. Right. And so I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, it's obvious that these voice assistants aren't particularly intelligent. Ron and I did a podcast a few months ago where we talked about this and it was a little bit into the benchmark about, you know, how we were surprised at the results. And anybody who has a five-year-old kid knows that these devices are kind of dumb in certain ways. But it's important to note that the bar is moving. And even from our last podcast to the benchmark, we were surprised at the learning process with some of these devices and how a few months ago they couldn't get the questions right and now they could. So these devices continue to get more intelligent with time. That's a good thing. That's the end result. So these devices continue to get more intelligent over time, and that's a good thing. And also, they're already capable in certain ways that are not so obvious, and then they're not capable in ways that we thought were pretty obvious. We also thought it was important to test these devices using a measurable benchmark that we can continually come back to and see how these devices are learning and advancing over time. So the purpose of this benchmark is to measure the current state of intelligence with voice assistance, because like we said, this bar is moving. So in a previous newsletter that we wrote, talked about the fact that the industry likes to use this term smart speakers and uses it a lot. And we like to use the term, as you're hearing us, we're calling them voice assistants or intelligent assistants, because this goes down to the intent. We actually had a briefing call with one of the vendors and we asked them like, well, what is the purpose of these devices? Are these supposed to be just voice activated speakers that you could say, tell me the weather and play this song and, you know, when's the next ball game or whatever? Or are they meant to be actual assistants? Like, things that are you going to be using in your daily life that are going to provide value. Or either in a conference room or 
at your desk at work. I mean, to actually really be used in business cases. Right. And, you know, even in consumer use cases, they told us that they want to be useful, whether it's in your car or in your kitchen or, you know, in your bedroom. They want these devices to be assistants. And so we're like, okay, well, I mean, if they're just meant to be voice activated speakers, mission accomplished, these things are doing just fine. You don't need them to be any smarter than they are now. But if you really want them to be intelligent assistants, then we are actually pretty far away from them really, truly being used. And as we're going to go through in today's benchmark, if they can't answer some fairly basic questions, they're going to be pretty useless assistants. So now for the benchmark, which we're really excited about. So it's very important, and I want to stress that this benchmark is not a ranking. The Cognolytica Voice Assistant Benchmark is used as a way of measuring performance against an ideal metric, not a way of ranking between different vendor technology implementations. So the goal of this benchmark is that all vendors should perform at the most intelligent levels eventually. And we're measuring how well the voice assistants are performing against the benchmark and not against each other. So we wanted to make sure that we stress that before we actually get into the results. So what we did was we tested to see how intelligent these devices really are. And we're not really testing the devices itself. We're testing the cloud-based AI system. We also wanted to come up with a standardized process. So we asked 100 questions in 10 different categories, and that's what we'll go through. We also thought it was really important to make this transparent so you can see all the questions and all of the responses on our website. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well. And we also wanted to make sure that this benchmark was video recorded, which helped with the transparency so that everybody could see the results and there was no misunderstanding about how the devices answered the questions. Right. So because we wanted to make sure that we weren't having problems with the device understanding voice, we decided to use a computer generated voice. We used Amazon Polly in this case to generate the voice for the questions. And we tested uh, four devices. Which devices did we test? So we tested Amazon Alexa, Apple Siri, Google Home, and Microsoft Cortana. Right. But it's important to know that this benchmark is open. So if you go to the Cognolytica site and you look for the Voice Assistant benchmark, should be linked on the right side of our website by the time that you're listening to this podcast. If you have your own voice assistant that you built yourself, or it's a voice assistant that we have not tested, like we did not test Samsung's Bixby, we didn't test some of the chatbots, you should be able to use this exact same tool, ask the same questions, and using our methodology for standardizing the answers, you should be able to see how it fares. So as far as those answers go, originally we were going to do some sort of score on basically, you'd say, did it answer the question? Did it not answer the question? But then we realized that didn't really make sense sense because having a whole lot of incorrect answers doesn't really add up to like one or two correct answers, right? So instead, we group the answers into four categories. We have what's called a category zero, in which the system either does not answer the question at all, or it just defaults to its search. Be like, okay, I found a search for you. Human, go figure this out for yourself. It's not very useful to have an assistant to tell the human to do all the work. So that's a category zero. A category one is an answer where it's speaking to you the answer, but it's either irrelevant. It didn't answer the question at all, or it's wrong, or it's just useless. So it's not a very useful answer, even though it did actually talk to you. Then we have a category two response where it is actually giving a very valiant attempt to answer the question, but it's a really long-winded attempt. It's basically like if you remember when you were in school and the teacher asked you a question, you didn't really know the answer. So you just spout out like a hundred things, hoping that somewhere, somewhere in your answer, it's right. Like, what's the capital of France? Well, there's a bunch of cities in France. Let me tell you all the cities I can think of 
and one of those is the capital. Yeah. That's a category two answer. Well, we'll show from you there's one of these voice assistants that tends to do that a lot, which is interesting. They don't, it doesn't like being wrong. And then, of course, the category three is it answers the question immediately and accurately directly to your question. So I want to get into so the first category was actually really not a category. It's just we decided to calibrate all the devices. We wanted to make sure that we asked the same questions to all the devices. They were supposed to be really, really easy ones because we wanted to make sure that the devices understood what we were saying, that we weren't having a problem with our voice generator, that we could also make sure that we were clearly identifying the answers. We asked a bunch of standard answers. We were expecting all the voice assistants to respond the exact same way. Either they were supposed to respond with a three or respond with a zero. But we did have an interesting insight we weren't expecting to have in the calibration. Right. So like Ron said, we gave it what we were calling softball questions. And we did that so that we were positive, at least thinking that we were positive it would give us a category three, you know, satisfactory answer. And then we came up with some that we knew would be a category zero. It was a made up word or, you know, things that we just were hoping that we could guess the results that it would be a category three. One thing that we were really surprised to find out is that when we tested Microsoft Cortana, it was not able to answer the question, what is 10 plus 10? And we had to use two different voices before it would be able to do that. So what we thought we were giving as a very softball question ended up not being able to get it correct. We think what's happening is that obviously you do need to do some voice training for it, but none of the other voice assistants exhibited the same problem. So we think that there's some oversensitivity to certain voices by default in the Cortana platform, which is something I think Microsoft needs to take a look at. We don't know if that's an issue with our benchmark, but something that's a problem. Moving on to the next category. So as mentioned, Kathleen said we had softball questions in the previous one, like what's the time, what's the weather? They all basically did that stuff without fail, except for 10 plus 10, which is interesting. And that's another reason why we don't believe it's a training issue because it didn't have problems with the other questions. The next category is called understanding basic concepts. So if you recall from the podcast we had a couple months ago, we asked basic questions like, you know, what weighs more, a ton of feathers or a ton of peas? That's actually a comparison question. A ton of feathers or a ton of bricks. Yeah, a ton of feathers or a ton of bricks. Right. And that's actually a comparison question that's in the next category. So before we even did comparisons, we're like, well, does it even understand, like, how much does a ton of peas weigh? You know, how much does a pound of peas weigh? And as you may see, if you go to our site and you'll see a graphic, you'll see it's kind of weird that the devices do not answer these basic questions in any sort of consistent way. So this is obviously points in our mind to training data because these are concepts like, you know, weights and other things. Yeah, units of measurement. Units, yeah, so it doesn't understand it. So we had some interesting insights here. Yeah. So one thing that we found is, like Ron said, you know, we asked what's heavier, a ton of feathers or a ton of bricks. And it's like, well, of course the answers, they're the same because they both weigh a ton. So some of the notable responses that we found is that Siri almost entirely defaulted to visual searches for questions like these. And then Cortana exhibited better performance than Google and Siri, but it got less category three, which was fully understanding and answering the question responses than Alexa. So Overall, Google Home also struggled with questions that we thought were basic, like how much does a pound of peas weigh or will I need a snow shovel today? So those are basic questions. And that helped us get to the comparisons questions because we figured we can't compare until we do that. So let me explain. Maybe Kathleen will explain a little bit of like, what are these comparison questions? What are we trying to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And why we think it's important to test these. So in order for voice assistants to be helpful at various 
business-related tasks, they need to be able to compare different concepts together. So being able to compare relative size or weights or other measures. And asking these devices questions in relation to these helps gain an understanding of, you know, how these devices can actually handle comparison-related queries. Yeah. So once again, we asked a lot of questions, just like Kathleen mentioned before, about what weighs more, what is faster, what's larger. And in this benchmark, what you'll see from the results is that Cortana and Siri just could not handle most, if not any, of the comparison-related questions. If you ask Cortana what's heavier, what's bigger, or Siri, what's faster, what's slower, they'll just default to searches, both of them. Which is interesting because usually you won't find a search if you're doing something that's very specific, like, you know, Alexa, you know, I have this car and that car, which one's faster? Maybe a search would work, I don't know. But Alexa and Google, however, had actually a pretty reasonable number of Category 3 responses. They would actually tell you, they'd speak to you. Alexa had some incorrect or irrelevant answers to questions like, what's faster, a turtle or a cheetah? But Google attempts to answer this question by using that long-winded way. It goes, well, a turtle is this fast and a cheetah is this fast. But it doesn't actually, like, okay, you have to actually, like, go through it. So it doesn't actually directly answer the question, but it's trying. So that's the comparison category. So the next category was cause and effect. And the reason that we tested this is that for voice assistants to be helpful with various business-related tasks, they need to understand what happens as a consequence of specified actions. So asking devices, you know, in relation to these causes and effects helps gain a better understanding of whether the voice assistants are actually capable of handling these queries and then, you know, understanding certain outcomes. So questions that we asked in this category, examples include what color is burnt toast or what happens when you melt Dice. So these are the cause and effect questions. Yep. And and once again, we did that because you can imagine in a business scenario, be like, okay, well, this happens. So, you know, Alexa, what should I do? Or Google, or what should I do when that happens? And so the cause and effect, most of them did not do very well here because this requires a lot of knowledge. Something we didn't mention earlier is that a concept question is what we call a first order of knowledge, meaning like you either know it or you don't know it. Like, you know, how fast is a turtle? Well, it either has that piece of information or it doesn't. Comparisons are a second order. It means it has to know the fact and then it has to know what you're comparing and then it needs to actually compare it. So that's like a step up in yeah. complexity. Cause and effect is like the next step up in complexity. It's like, okay, I now I know comparisons. Now I need to know like what happens when this happens. No doubt it's complicated. But it's interesting, while Alexa and Siri both failed to answer any questions at a category three, Google and Cortana actually were able to answer some, in particular, like what happens when you melt ice? They both actually had some answers for that with a satisfactory category three response. If you watch the videos, you'll see that it's actually looking up the answer, but it's kind of interesting because I didn't say look up the answer, what happens when you melt ice. It actually figured it out. So something's happening there. So the next category that we tested was reasoning and logic. And we thought that it was important to test this because these devices should and need to be able to reason and deduce information based on what a speaker says, if they are to actually truly be assistants. So asking these devices various reasoning and logic-oriented questions helps gain an understanding of whether these voice assistants are actually capable of handling queries. And it also does require reasoning as well. 
And a little bit of a surprise here for us, given Siri's past performance. In this iteration of the benchmark, Siri had surprisingly strong Category 3 responses to questions like, can you eat toxic food? If you ask Siri, it'll just straight up be like, no, I can't eat toxic food. I think it thinks that you're asking Siri if it can eat it, but still, it doesn't say like, I found this on the web. It doesn't do that, which is interesting that it would do that for that kind of question. And while the rest either just failed to respond at all to any of the questions or responded with incorrect answers, actually there's a lot of incorrect answers for reasoning and logic here. You know, Google the, the Google Home device had a very curious answer to the question, what is the log of E, which is, a, I think I thought, a straightforward mathematical question with a long answer that had the correct answer embedded in there somewhere that leaves the human, you know, that leaves us scratching our head. We call it category two response. Yeah. And a lot of category twos where we find problem with that is that if you're asking it a question, you probably don't know the answer. So in order for, you know, it to spew out a long-winded response and the human needs to decipher the answer based on what it's given, that's not always helpful because if you don't know the answer, it's hard to decipher that knowledge. So moving along, the next set of questions that we asked were helpfulness questions. And we thought that it was important to test voice assistants to see how helpful they are within a wide variety of contexts. So these questions were aimed to find out what sort of non-skill third-party developer enhanced capabilities are inherent in the devices, and then to provide helpful answers in response to a wide range of questions. So questions in this category, examples include how much protein is in a dozen eggs or where can I buy stamps? And so in this benchmark, we can actually see how the voice assistants were trained. This is another, it's like, okay, you could see what they were trained. And the helpfulness of the voice assistants clearly has a huge dependency on what data these systems are trained on. Google is the most helpful in answering, especially kitchen and home related questions. It's really yeah. interesting. Like if you ask it how much protein is in a dozen eggs, it'll give you a straight up answer. If you ask it where I can I buy stamps, it'll tell you. While the others puzzlingly can't answer these questions, it's unusual why they can't. As we'll see later in both the podcast and our research, you know, part, Google particularly shines with kitchen related helpfulness. Cortana just struggles to be helpful here. It results to default searches. And Siri can't even answer the question, where's the closest public restroom? So some issues there. So the next category that we tested was emotional IQ. Now, we all know that machines aren't yet capable of feeling emotion, and they really don't have emotional IQ. But if voice assistants are going to be useful, then they need to be aware of human emotions and formulate responses that are appropriate for what's being asked, especially if these voice assistants are going to be a face of a brand. They need to be able to at least understand what's going on. So certain questions in this category included, what do you say when someone sneezes? Or, you know, should I send a congratulations letter to my friend's funeral? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So as you can guess, all the voice assistants did predictably poorly. They only really offered any sort of positive response when you ask for definitions like, you know, what is a sneeze or things like that. Uh, Google does make an attempt to answer the question, what do you say when someone sneezes? And it's a category two response. So it's another long-winded response. It's interesting. You can count it probably as category three if you're truly wondering what to say when someone sneezes. But anyway, it performed as poorly as we thought they would. Yeah. 
All right, so the next category that we tested was intuition and common sense. Now, again, we know that, you know, getting common sense into machines is a really, really difficult task. And let's be honest, some humans don't even have common sense. So we know that this was also a difficult category. But we thought it was important to test because these devices, you know, have training models that impart the common sense and intuition of their human-based designers. And so... Furthermore, voice assistant users in a business context will make assumptions in their questions that might depend on common sense knowledge that's not specified. So these questions really aim to identify what common sense and intuition capabilities are inherent in the training data that goes into these devices. So basically, just like we had a podcast or two on bias, we've we've written a lot of articles about bias. This is kind of funny. This is sort of like positive aspect of bias. But like machines don't know, have common sense. But if you're like unintentionally putting in common sense by using training data that has that, then you're kind of giving machines common sense. So we ask, we, we try to figure out which common sense is in there. They all do very poorly here. Siri, Cortana, across the board, zeros. Alexa has like nine out of 10 questions of zero and one, like one completely irrelevant response. I don't remember what that, which one that is. Google is interesting because it has actually has one category three answer. It answers the question, should I drink milk if I'm lactose intolerant? It actually answers that question. It does kind of answer the question, what do I do if there's a fire in my house? And then it provides a funny answer to the question, do books grow on trees? All I'm going to say is just ask Google if you have a Google device and let's see what kind of answer you get. The next category that we tested were Winograd schema questions. And these are Winograd schema inspired questions. So if you're not familiar with what that is, it's a format of asking questions of a chatbot and other conversational computing devices to ascertain whether or not they truly understand the question asked and formulate a logical response. So the Winograd schema challenge formatted questions are often used in AI related chatbot competitions such as the Lubner Prize. Now, we know that these are also hard and, you know, the way that they're worded, maybe they'll even trip a human up. So we were fairly generous in the response that we would allow the machine to give as a correct answer. So the format of a Winograd schema questions format, it's actually written in a very specific way because you're not trying to trick the machine, but you're trying to write it in a way where a human can answer the question, but because you're actually understanding the sentence. So for an example would be, Paul tried to call George on the phone, but he wasn't successful. Who wasn't successful? So to answer that question, you have to be like, oh, okay, I need to know the subject of the sentences. And the answer could be Paul or it could be George. There's a little bit of ambiguity there. Or the question could be the man couldn't lift his son because he was so weak. Who was weak? And then you could say, was well, maybe the man wasn't, the man wasn't weak because he couldn't lift his son. Well, maybe the son wasn't weak. But either way, you, we would accept in our benchmark either answer. Just be like, just make an attempt yeah. <laughs> to, to answer that question. And no surprise, across the board, zero, zeros. <laughs> Everything can just like either barfed on the question, whatnot. Like it, they, these systems cannot handle questions formatted that way. Yeah. And we do also know that, I mean, that is kind of like the holy grail. If these assistants can answer this, then they are truly, truly intelligent. But you know what? Like we said, the bar's always moving and this is the end goal. So that's why we felt it was important to add this in the benchmark. Mm-hmm. So the next category that we tested was slang and expressions questions. So human speech doesn't always fit into predictable or logical patterns. And a lot of, if you're taught proper English, slangs, colloquialisms, expressions, they're not taught. They're just learned over time when you live in an area. But this is how most people actually talk. So some of the questions in this category is, does howdy mean hello? And if you're sick, are you under the weather? In what state do you say aloha? 
So these are all, you know, slangs and expressions, but we thought it was important to test the devices on these to see if they're actually understanding it, because this is how people talk in everyday language. Mm -hmm. And again, this is really a test of the training data, because sometimes these will be trained on these things. We know that slang expressions and colloquialism are highly location dependent. We had some interns that we had from, not from the U.S., did not understand any of these slang questions. I'm not doubting their intelligence at all. So clearly they don't have training data. <laughs> you know, to understand what howdy means. If, you, if we told them howdy, they just look at us like, what are you talking about? So, but you know, it's interesting. Some of them performed really interestingly. You know, Google does provide a humorous response when you say, does howdy mean hello? I think it responds with a howdy. And it provides a very long-winded answer to the, in what state do you say aloha? I uh, see a trend here uh, with Google. Alexa is actually offended for some reason. If you ask it, if you're sick, are you under the weather? I think it says like, no, I'm feeling fine, which is interesting. So it's, it's keying, maybe it's keying off the word sick. It's not quite clear what it's doing, but it does imply that Alexa does understand the expression, even if it doesn't understand the specific question. And so for our final category, we had it as a miscellaneous category because these questions didn't either fit into one of the categories above or they were just additional questions and we didn't have room for, but we still thought that it was important to ask these. So these miscellaneous questions really just test the voice assistants relevant to intelligence, understanding, and helpfulness. So questions in this category included, how old would George Washington be today if he was still alive? And where's the nearest bus stop? How long should you cook a 14-pound turkey? Questions like that. Yeah. So these, again, these are helpfulness. We thought some of these should be softball questions, really. Alexa did really well with like fact-based questions. So if you asked how old would George Washington be if he was alive today, it'll tell you 286 years, which is kind of cool. Does know where the nearest bus stop is, but it can't answer for some reason, how long should you cook a 14-pound turkey, which you'd think would be really important for a voice assistant device used in the kitchen. It cannot answer the question, what types of ticks carry Lyme disease? Both of these are questions that Google answered without any difficulty. Siri and Cortana defaulted mostly to searches for all these things, but they both did respond to the question of how old is George Washington. And Cortana did also answer attempt to answer some of the other questions. So if you look at the chart, you'll see a couple of attempts on some of these usefulness things. So that's kind of where we are with the benchmark. So maybe we could share a little bit of insights for how these devices did as a whole. You know, so once again, if you want to take a look, this is the July 2018 version of the benchmark. There are a whole lot of zeros here. Alexa basically answered only 27 out of 100 questions with the category three. Like we said earlier, this benchmark is not to test the devices against each other, but to test them as a whole. So there was 100 questions with the calibration questions that we weren't counting. So we had 100 that we were testing. If this was school, 100 is an A+. Okay, you did great, right? And we'll go down from there. So overall, out of 100, <laughs> these devices all failed. With that, like we said, they still are learning. And we know that they're still fairly new and we have a long way to go. So now getting into, you know, who got the most right, because the category three was the one that we cared about. So that's truly getting the question and the answer correct. So Alexa was able to get 25 out of 100 questions correctly, which is pretty good. So they got about, you know, a quarter of the questions correct. And then Google followed closely behind with 19 category three responses. Siri had 13 category three and Cortana had 10 category three responses. And I think it's important to know that there's really no celebration metric here. As Kathleen mentioned, all these kids are going to summer school. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, 
as I mentioned, you know, our job here is we're not here to like criticize the industry as a whole. We're not here to basically say, yay, you are less, you know, failed than the other vendors. Right, we because it's not a benchmark against each other. Right, exactly. We want to push this whole industry forward. We would like to get all of these voice assistants to be as useful as possible. So we're going to come back and we're going to revisit this in a quarter or so in roughly the October timeframe. I think in the meantime, we hope that the vendors are paying attention to what we're saying here. We're going to definitely spend a lot of time promoting this. You're going to probably see this a lot from us. We have some really interesting video clips. All the sessions are videotaped in their entirety. So you can actually watch for each voice assistant, for each particular category, you can watch and listen to their performance with the question being asked as a subtitle. We actually flag the response category, all that sort of stuff. So you can see it. You could try it yourself. You could put the video on hold and be like, oh, I'm going to test that exact question. And you'll be like, yeah, actually, I get the exact. Well, maybe you get the. Yeah, I was going to say maybe not. Maybe, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe things have changed. But if you're testing it now, I have, you know, you should be getting the answers that we're saying. And then we're going to hopefully everybody's you're going to pay attention to that. But we'll also have some highlight video clips. We do a little bit of comparison. So you could say, well, here's how, you know, one device answered this question and another device answered that same question. So pay attention to this. I think this is very important. Yeah. And listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. And we definitely encourage you to check out the groundbreaking research that we're doing that's pushing these voice assistant devices to be more than supposedly smart speakers into more intelligent assistants. We always love when you reach out to us. So please continue to do so. Test these. Like we said, reach out. If you see different answers, let us know because it probably means that these devices are learning and that's great. So that's what we're hoping for. And as always, we'll post any articles and concepts in the show notes. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Fiverr.com. Fiverr is a marketplace for creative and digital freelance services. And in fact, I use Fiverr for quite a lot of the things that we do here at Cognolytica and AI Today, including the editing of this podcast, the generation of transcripts, and more. I definitely encourage you to take a look at using Fiverr for your creative and digital needs today. And I have a special offer for you today. Use the promo code AI Today for 15% off your first purchase on Fiverr.com. Offer valid until December 31st, 2018. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.